Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, John McGee. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, hey friends, welcome back. Today, we've got a message that we wanna share with you. It is the message I gave at the end of our uh, second day at our Church Leaders Conference. And in many respects was a culmination of uh, some thinking and some praying and some conversations that I'd had with and for leaders the last six to 12 months. And it was around uh, this idea of leaders being discouraged and wanting to quit. And it was some of the, the thinking that I've had in my own life, some of the, the prayers I've been praying for others, some of the study uh, of scripture. And this was done in front of, obviously, a, a live audience. So some of it uh, may lack a little bit of context, but I think you're going to be able to pick it up pretty uh, pretty quickly. And at the end of this message, we give away uh, some socks. So you're going to have to kind of uh, stick with this. If you didn't listen to last week, um, when Bron talked about this award we give to staff, uh, you'll have to, to listen to make sure that makes sense to you. But it was a really really special way to close the day. We gave away three pairs of socks. That'll make sense here in a little bit. And ended with, uh, this was this was so amazing, a Baptist hymn sung by a man who'd been in ministry for over 70 years. It was unplanned. Uh, none of us knew it was coming. And uh, it was just a really, really great way uh, to end the day. So uh, friends, I hope no matter where you are, if you're discouraged, uh, if you've thought about quitting, uh, or you're just uh, kind of sagging uh, a little bit today, I hope there'll be something here that you can hang on to, something that will be hopeful. And I hope for the sake of others, uh, you will keep going. But I hold you in high regard if you listen to this message and you want to keep going. And again, I hope something here is helpful. All right, last session. You guys with me? You with me? You awake? Okay. Um, hey, if you would, if you're in here, go ahead and grab a seat. Some of you guys are kind of standing up in the, in the hallway. Uh, we're going we're gonna to sing here in one second. And I'm going to start this, which is going to be a little bit dangerous. Okay, um, tell you what, let's actually, um, I, David tried his best to transition. It was a good transition, okay? Uh, our hearts are full. Let's close our eyes, if we would. Um, and uh, I ask you to hold your hands out, uh, palms up. And we're not rubbing a, a lucky rabbit's foot here um, no um, programmatic pause. We want to ask God just uh, to speak to us. And, um, and so I, I just I, I want to give you one minute and just say, um, for you, in your own ways, I'm your servant. Speak to me. Um, help me to do whatever it is that you show me to do. But would you speak to me, Father? Father, we need your encouragement We need your strength. We need to remember again how much you love us. Would you help us get our minds and our hearts around that? In Christ's name we pray, amen. Okay, friends, if you would, stand up, everyone. Get your phones out and turn your flashlights on, okay? And we're gonna sing. Everybody, uh, actually, put your flashlights down. Turn them on, just put them down, okay? And so you're going to have to listen. I know it's the end of the day. You're all sugared up here. Um, but here, here's what I want to do. If you are right here in a line with me, would you raise your flashlight right here? Did, nope, did, nope, nope. You guys, seriously. You guys went to A&M, okay? Right here. <laughs> seriously. A&M people, like right here. You can't, you have no depth perception. I'm talking right here. We're seriously, I did not, this is not the way I thought it would go. Okay, that's right. We're good. Right here, you guys up in the balcony on the far left, you're about like four, 
I have 14 people off, but this is what I'm talking about right here, okay? So everybody to the right here, if you would, please turn your flashlight on and lift, lift it up. Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up, okay. Um, I'm gonna count to three, and you're gonna turn your flashlight off. Okay, we're practicing, ready? One, two, three. <laughs> A&M, like help, help your friends here, okay? Up there, that's right. You've, yeah, maybe tomorrow, you'll figure it out. Okay, great, okay. <laughs> All right, so everybody turn your flashlights back on, everybody. And here, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna dim the lights here in a second, we're gonna sing the doxology. I want everyone to go ahead and pull your flashlights up, everyone on both sides. Pull your flashlights up. Um, we're gonna sing the doxology, we're gonna, we're gonna lower the lights. The entire room is gonna sing the first two uh, first two lines that'll be behind us here, okay? Uh, you'll know it, I'll start us. We'll all, all of us across the room will sing the first two lines. After the second line, everybody that was right here and over, uh, you will not, you'll stop singing and you'll turn your lights off and just put, put your phones in your pocket, okay? Do not sing this side, uh, lines three, four, or amen, okay? Does that make sense? Ready? Okay. If you guys would put the, uh, put the lyrics up and dim the lights. You got lyrics? Okay, you guys ready? Wow, that's right. Ready? Praise God Stay standing with your lights on on this side here. This is the number that we have been obsessing about for a year. On this side is 41% of this room, roughly, which happens to be the number of pastors that have thought about quitting in the last 12 months. And it's a visual representation of what would happen if all of these church leaders just folded it all up this year and said, I'm out. Now, the light would still shine. We, we didn't go dark, and the worship of Christ still went on. But I think we can all acknowledge it was different. It was different. And if you're over there, it feels very, very different. Friends, I know a lot of us are tired, we're discouraged. Um, things aren't what we wish they would be. But it's gonna be my plea with you today to not quit. Don't be a stat, don't go dark, and I hope that God will give you just something you can hang on to to make it till we're together again. If you would, please grab a seat. Several years ago, I was 
um, in Israel, and there was a couple spots that I was really looking forward to. One of them was Mount Nebo, uh, if you've ever been there. Um, and that's a pretty, uh, pretty pregnant uh, spot. If you remember the story, that's where Moses goes up uh, right before he dies, and he can see into the promised land. And even before that, it's a really fascinating passage. God tells him, hey, Moses, you're going to go up to the top of Mount Nebo and die, which, which you could have a lot of fun with. What, what do, you, do you turn and run the other way? Or mo- maybe Moses was so tired, he's like, dude, you know, uh, Joshua, hold my bagel. And he ran up there as fast as he possibly could. It's like, I'm out, finally, right? I, I don't know. But I, try, I tried to imagine what that would be like on that walk up to Mount Nebo and then just to sit there at that spot, look over and reflect. I'm about to die, here I am, I can see the promised land, the people of God are going in, I won't get to go, there's some regret. But I thought he, I surely would have a couple thoughts. The first among them had to have been, what a run, what a run. I saw some crazy stuff. I saw plagues, I saw red seas split, I saw manna and quail, I saw the ground open up and and swallow people. And I saw God. What a run. And I, I don't know, it's not recorded in the scripture, but I just have to imagine right there, as he looked in, reflecting on it all, he had to think, man, I am, I'm just so glad I didn't quit. You remember, he tried to get out. He tried everything he could to not take the job. Have you ever been there in your life? (laughs) I have. And always on the backside of that, you're glad. You're glad you didn't quit. And I think, surely Moses had to have thought to himself, I'm so glad I didn't quit. Friends, you will too, if you don't quit. But the reality is, uh, all of us have thought about quitting. All of us. And it's been really interesting. I've asked a lot of leaders recently, um, hey, have you thought about quitting? And what would you do if you did? And everybody, the shocking thing has been how quickly leaders have an answer on the go ready for me. They're just boom. I'm glad you asked. I've been thinking about this one, you know. (laughs) It's been a little scary. One of the most perplexing ones I got uh, when I asked that question, what would you do if you quit? Um, a leader told me, he said, I would sell shoes. I said, what? He goes, yeah. He said, because at the end of the day, you put it all back in the box, you lock the door, and nobody calls you. They don't want any meetings with you. They don't have any ideas. Uh, they don't have any complaints. You know, if they do, they'll swing by the next day. But you go home every day, and you go home uh, with your family, and you have dinner, and, and you leave it all there. I would sell shoes. And I told Blake Holmes I would never out him on on a Sunday, (laughs) but it's not Sunday. (laughs) Don't email. email. No email. No one emails the shoe store, you know, guy, right? Text him in the middle of the night. I got some opinions about your shoe selection, right? (laughs) Sounds like a pretty sweet gig, minus the feet, you know? (laughs) The, The feet part got me. But what I want you to know, friends, if you have thought about quitting, you're not somehow unique. You're just next. You read the biographies of Christian leaders throughout history, they all think about quitting. Calvin, 
the Apostle Paul, right? Everybody. Um, Spurgeon famously just at, at, a, at a very, very young age wanted to throw in the towel. He was so deeply discouraged, and he didn't. And so if you think that you're um, alone, you think you're different, you're not, you're just next, but what is it that we do? How do we lead ourselves when we want to quit? Not if, but when we want to quit. And friends, I just wanna share with you uh, five things that I've been reminding myself when I wanna quit. When the thought comes up, when I'm discouraged, when uh, things aren't rolling my way, when they're a lot slower than I want, what is it that I tell myself? And this is a lot of times, I mean, uh, to let you in, sometimes early in the morning before I get out of bed or the last thing that I say to myself at night because I don't wanna quit. First one of these is just, these are just simple prayers, simple things that I can remember. It's that you called me. These are prayers to God. God, you called me. For Moses, we know it was the burning bush. In Exodus 3, 9, God tells Moses, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my, my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses, I choose you. I've heard, I've heard my people, something needs to happen. My plan is you go. Now, I know we have a lot of theological persuasions in here, and so I, go ask your pastor, your deacon, your bishop, your seminary prof about calling um, we're all gonna have a little bit different take on that. I know it's a continuum. There is the, there's a need right in front of me. I'm available. I can meet that need. There's that calling. There is uh, Damascus Road. Make no mistake, this is the voice of God. This is what you do for the rest of your life. There is, there's a continuum, and I understand that. But here's what I will bet, knowing you, talking to many of you, there was a moment, there was a moment that God called you. And it might not have been a bush, it might not have been some type of uh, audible voice, but something inside of you knew that there was some holy discontent that God just tapped on and said, I call you to do this thing for this season, many of you for the rest of your life. And you know that, you know it. And my admonition to you would be to remember that call, to write it down, to tell other people about it so that when you get wobbly, you can look back on that. And I remember a season, it wasn't too long ago, unfortunately, and it felt like everybody that I looked to was doing everything um, to kind of scuttle and um, scuttle the ministry, defame, deface, um, disgrace the name of Christ in the church. And it was just one after another, every day, every day, every day, when I would open my email to Twitter or some friend would text me, have you heard? And I remember going home one night to my wife, Pam, and, and I said, I, I, uh, I just need you to put your shoes on and go for a walk with me. And I remember just walking, and I was just, um, I was so discouraged and so confused why people that we were, we were on the same team were doing what they were doing in droves. And I looked <laughs> to Pam and I, just, I said, am I crazy? Am I, am I crazy? Have I, am I, 
Am I, have I put the ladder of my life up against the wrong tree and I'm gonna come to the end of my life and go, what have I done? Is that what's going on here? Are we nuts to use our one short life to somehow use whatever gifts that God gave us to build up the church? Tell me I'm not crazy. And because Pam had known me since I was 17 without a whole lot of fanfare, in a paraphrase, she just said, Hey, man, I'll I'll follow you anywhere. But if you're asking me, I think God's called you to somehow strengthen the church. So you do what you want, but I want to remind you of your call. And it was enough that night just to shake me out of um, the crazy thoughts that were were transpiring in my head, and and here, here I am. And I don't know how to explain it. It would make, honestly, most of our calls make no sense. We try to explain it. You, it. We can't. But somehow, God called me to use the gifts that I have to somehow build up and support the local church in a way that probably is irrational. I love God's church. In spite of some of the crazy things that I've seen, I'm called. Friends, you're called. I pray you remember that you are called. And if you've forgotten, I love... Uh, Peter, you know, Peter was called when he was fishing, and then um, there's a sense that, that after the resurrection, I think Christ uh, restored Peter and also reminded him of his call. Hey, buddy, I called you to be fishers of men. You remember that? Remember that? All right, hey, man, go, go, go love pastor, shepherd, my sheep. Go, go do that thing that I told you, and if you've forgotten, I think you can pray and ask God to remind you of your call. First, quick prayer. You've called me. Second, you're with me. You're with me. In Exodus 3.11, we know this one. Um, Moses said to God, but, but who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I, how, how is it that you walk into the, the, the greatest power on earth and say, oh, by the way, I need your workforce like, what, how does that go? And God simply says, as he always says to people that are doing something of importance, of note, that will move the kingdom needle, he says, I am with you. I am with you. And it shows up over and over and over in Scripture. Paul, in 2 Timothy four seventeen says, but the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength so that through, through, me, through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might, might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's den. Paul said, the Lord stood by my side. Genesis 39, we know, we know the, the story of, of Joseph and it's fascinating when he is there in Pharaoh's house, he's, I mean, he is, he is close to the center of the center. He's on top. He's, if he was, had an Instagram channel, it would be blowing up as he's taking pictures of himself you know, in Potiphar's house. And I, I, I love it. I love what scripture says. Just, just a little line. And the Lord was with him. And the Lord was with him. In the same chapter, he's in prison. He's in prison. A few little words tacked onto that little moment. And the Lord was with him. 
When it was going amazing, better than he ever thought, and when it couldn't have got any worse, the Lord was with him. You know Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, in the NIV it says, and ESV, it is, behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Right? And behold would be like a, if you've had your kids and they're not listening and you, you get close to them and you clap your hands. Listen to me. Not, a, not the worst translation of that. Jesus, before he left, guys, listen. Listen to me. You have the promise of the Spirit. I'm gonna go send you to do this thing that I've trained you to do and I am with you. If you're doing something of consequence, God is with you, friends. And this is his work. These are his sheep. He loves them more than you. He will strengthen you to do so. He will give you wisdom. John 14, 26, he'll strengthen your inner being. Ephesians 3, 10, he'll help you live a life of godliness. Galatians 5, all the fruits of the Spirit. He is with us. He is with us. And we can have great confidence that we never walk into a moment, a meeting, or a season without the presence of God. You never will. Sometimes we forget. Oftentimes we need to remind ourselves that God, God's with me. So we can simply say, God, you've, you've called me. You're with me. This next one, if I'm honest, I'm a little insecure uh, talking about. It's gonna be so obvious and you're gonna tune me out, so I'll tell you a story. Um, last year, I uh, was in Wyoming uh, at a little camp, and as often is the case, when I'm away from my home, I'll, I'll put myself in situations where I just, there's no distractions, uh, and I'm in nature, and, and just, it's a pattern I've recognized God will speak to me. So we go on vacation, um, I might wake up early before my family, uh, go to some natural park and just have my journal and just say, man, you know, I'm your servant. God, just like, what do you want me to know? I've climbed sides of volcanoes at 3 a.m. in the morning just to, just to listen to God. It's just been a way that uniquely um, he's, he's spoken to me. And so I've got nothing, nothing planned this day. I'm so excited uh, because God is gonna, I know, I just, the pattern, God's gonna speak to me somehow. I wake up um, and I'm gonna go on, on a walk uh, be active out in nature, and I'm gonna listen to God. And true, true story, I'm, I'm not making this up, I was listening both for me, and I was trying to listen for you. I said, oh, yeah, ne you know, next, uh, next spring we're gonna have this conference. So what is it that you want me to know? What is it that you want my friends to know? Like, just, just speak to me. And so I begin to walk early. I got a quick breakfast, bottle of water. I'm gonna go, I'm best at, I, my bet is this takes about an hour, tops. 30 minutes out, 30 minutes, you know, to kind of get the idea, turn it over, um, kind of solidify it, pray it, uh, pray it all the way into me and hopefully over you on the way back. So I get about 30 minutes out, almost done with my water bottle, and, um, and here, here's the way it comes. God doesn't speak to me audibly. Normally it's just he reminds me of scripture, what's true, it's like, uh, it's like, oh yeah, just, it's just a, it's a top of mind thing, something I know to be true, right? You ready? It's really profound. This is what I heard. I love you. I did not like that answer. 
because I knew I was going to stand here and tell you what I heard. <laughs> and, and I was like, God, that, that's cute. I'm going to need a little something else. <laughs> and so I kept walking. And I kept walking. And I kept walking. And I blew through my water bottle long ago. I set that down. I said, I'll pick it back up on the way, uh, on the way back. And I kept walking. And guys, I was hot. I was sunburned. I was a little bit dehydrated. It wasn't too hot. I don't want to overplay the story, um, right? Uh, sometimes you don't want to let facts get in the way of a good story, but to be truthful, um, I wasn't dehydrated, but I was tired. And I'm just like, come on, God. Like, I know I, this is not second grade Sunday school. I need, I need something with punch. It was something he was working on me and has been uh, recently. I love you, John. And anybody you stand in front of, it doesn't have to be just this room, anybody, anytime you stand in front of anybody, you can know that I love them. That's what I got for you, man. I think you need to hear it. For Moses, um, in, in Exodus 33, 17, I think about the love of God as a New Testament idea, and it surely was expressed most fully in the death of Christ for our, for our sins. But Exodus thirty three seventeen, And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked. You ready? Because I'm pleased with you. Moses and all his imperfections, I said, hey, Moses, I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with you. And I know you by name. And then Moses got to see See God. And I know, I know you know how to, to teach it. You know how to teach the love of God. You know how to teach the gospel. You teach it to others um, and ask them to believe it. Knowing you, knowing who's in this room, I just don't know that many of you actually believe it yourselves. And many of you preach the gospel. You will preach the love of God any, uh, anywhere to anyone you have the chance, but you don't preach it to yourself. And when you wanna quit, friends, we remind ourselves that God, God loves us. And you just simply say, you, you love me. You love me. And um, I find myself as I get older, part of the leader's journey is just um, learning to trust God and we, can, we might talk some more about that today, but uh, when things roll against me, people don't like me, people aren't enamored, things aren't happening the way that it's fast, more when it's like criticism. <laughs> you know what I find myself doing uh, recently? It's just going, eh, but God loves me. This person, you know, they're telling me whatever. It's like, it's cute, you know, I, I hear you, I hear you, but here's the thing, God loves me. He's pleased with me. He's not disappointed in me. He's not discouraged by me. And he is not mad at me. And he's not mad at you, friends. He's not mad at you, man. The Father, we know this, poured out his wrath on the Son. And he saved none for you. I don't know what you did. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what's in your heart right now. He's not mad at you. He loves you. 
You tell other people that. You just need to tell yourself that. Fourth thing, I've been little quick strikes, is to remember that I'll just tell God, you've gifted me. God, you've gifted me. Exodus 4.10, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor, um, nor since, and uh, you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. God says, who gave humans their mouth? Who made, uh, made them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? It is I. Now go. I'll help you speak. I'll teach you what to say. Moses, I'm gonna give you what you need to do the thing that I've called you to do, and it's the same for you and I, friends. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, we know those passages about um, spiritual gifts. I don't know if we know 1 Corinthians 12, 11 as well. These are the works of the one, of the one same spirit, talking about these gifts, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. The gifts you have, you have just as he determines. He wanted you to be wired, to have the proclivities, to have the insights, whatever skills and aptitudes you have, he wanted you to have them. If you're like me, my problem is uh, a couple things. One, I don't like the kinds of gifts that I have. I don't want these gifts, God. I want their gifts. You've met some of the Dallas leadership team. This is a pretty humbling table to sit around, okay? You've met some of them already. You met T.A. who opened here. Did anybody catch how many verbal pauses T.A. had? Anybody? Zero. Zero. T.A. stood up here for 35 minutes and not once bobbled or paused. I can't do that. You're gonna hear from John Elmore tomorrow and there is gonna be energy for days. He is gonna bang on this, on this podium and on his chest and stomp around here, and it won't be weird. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do that. You heard from Blake, that, that sermon series, that um, it's, it's the third, one of the top three anyway, most, most popular uh, messages that have ever been given at Watermark. I commend that to you. But he just has this ability to be clear. He takes complex things and he makes them clear. I take complex things and make them more complex. <laughs> I don't have that gift. You heard David and Caitlin. You heard reference to uh, John Cox, you know, who if, we, if he gets fired, he'll go to Harvard and teach, you know. Um, Dr. Oren Martin, you can't stump him theologically. I've been trying, I'm over. And I sit around the table and go, I, want, I love those gifts. But he's given me gifts. He's given you gifts just as he determines. Sometimes I don't like the measure of my gifts. I think about Matthew 25 and the parable of the talents, and I, and I go, um, hey, I, I used to think I was a five-talent guy that I was going to give God 10. I'm more convinced today that I'm a one-talent guy. And uh, unlike the parable, I want to give God two talents back. I want to double them like, like, five and, or like two and five did. I want to give them back. But I've been really encouraged recently. I've been thinking that um, in a 10-year period, if I take my one talent and uh, I produce two, over 50 years, I can produce 10 talents. I can beat you guys that uh, have five talents. I'll catch you. I'll just outlast you. And I don't know the measure of your gifts, 
but I do know that God's given you some. So part of a leader's gift is figuring out uh, what it is that uh, your gifts are, leaning into them, trusting God. And something I've just noticed, this is an aside recently, that leaders have been discouraged, leaders that uh, have gone like, ah, I don't, I'm not happy. They're, they're, they're playing outside of, because of their promotions, something that was a, um, a real life-giving moment to them, a life-giving uh, endeavor. And it's, you're not facing any kind of crisis, you just need to drop something on your calendar that used to give you life. Just do that, use your gifts. So it's the fourth one, fourth one I say. You've gifted me, you've gifted me. Then lastly, and this is how I'll end it, you call me, you're with me, you love me, you gifted me. Before I get out of bed or when I go to bed, you haven't called me home yet. You haven't called me home yet. Hebrews eleven twenty four through 26. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking forward to his reward. He was in the palace of the most powerful person on the planet. He said, I don't want that. I want the reward that's on the other side of eternity. And friends, we're playing for the other side. It's hard. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's hard. But we're playing for the other side. We're playing for the other side. And some of us, we think uh, as a corollary here, not only has he not called us home yet, but it's too early to tell. And, and I could preach a whole sermon on this. Joseph, who was called, he was called. Uh, rather than move towards the thing that he thought was, was supposed to happen, he moved exactly in the opposite direction. Rather than being promoted, he was in prison. Rather than being there with his family, like he thought he was in another country. And everything basically seemed to be working completely against him. If you ask him in prison, hey, is this God's plan? He would have said, no. But it was too early to tell. And many of you are in a too early to tell season. I just wanna encourage you not to give up. Don't give up till till you get home. We know how Joseph's story ended. And this was the kicker for me at, at Mount Nebo. Um, I, I thought about Moses and how discouraged he was that he didn't get to go in. And I said this out loud with, with a group. I was like, man, poor Moses. You know, what would that be like to think about all the fun stuff that God had done, but, but go, but I didn't go in. Ah, oh, regret, loss. And a wise older woman next to me goes, yeah, he did. And I was like, he went, he's gonna die, he went up, don't know where his grave is. He, no, he, he died up here. He didn't go over there. She goes, yeah, yeah, he did. Most of you know, I'd I, I just forgotten. She goes, transfiguration. I was like, oh, no, I mean, it was, just, it, was uh, it, it was shocking to go. God kept his promises, but even when Moses died, it was too early to tell. It was too early to tell. So many of you are in the middle of things that you may not actually see come to pass, but it's still too early to tell to whether to know whether your church is gonna make a difference in the community, friends. It's too early to tell, but we're not living for this side. We're living for the other side. Some of your friends are gonna sell their companies. They're gonna cash out. They're gonna go public. Our compensation, as they refer to in the business, is deferred. (laughs) Your options don't vest until you die. So don't be discouraged and don't be confused. When you want to quit, you remember that you're not home yet. In a story that W.A. Criswell, the great Baptist preacher, First Baptist Dallas, told, I, 
I don't know if it's true, but it's true. He told the story famously of a missionary family who came home from, from being on the field and Teddy Roosevelt was on the same boat. And as they pulled into the harbor, everyone was there to meet Roosevelt who had just been hunting. There were photographers, there was a press, there were people cheering for the president as he had just you know, made a quick jaunt to Africa and came back. And the missionary was angry. And they're on the railing looking out um, at, at the sea of people and the man said, it's just not right. It's not right. I gave my life. I gave my life. We buried kids in, in a foreign land to preach the gospel. No one is here to meet us. We came home and there was no one to meet us. This guy goes hunting and the whole, the whole town shows up. And his wise wife reached over, put her hand on his, and said, we're not home yet. Friends, we're not home. We're not home yet. So as you lead yourself, it's just been helpful to me, these little strikes, whatever it is for you. God, you've, you've called me. God, you're, you're with me. You love me, whether I do great or terrible tomorrow. You, you love me. You've gifted me, and I'm not home yet. Let's go. So if that doesn't fix it for you, you tell other people. You tell others. And I'd love to give us a moment uh, right now. We're with friends. If you can't be honest here, I don't know where you could be honest but some of us are pretty uh, discouraged right now. Some of us are planning on quitting. It happens every year. I know, I, I see the feedback. I know that to be true. Um, you, you're thinking about quitting. Some of you are really discouraged. Uh, some of you are just angry at, uh, at the outcomes that you have seen or have not uh, seen. And some of you are really, really tired. And so I don't know where, where you are in that. Uh, and you might actually be with a group and you go, I, I, well, I couldn't tell anybody. I, golly, friends, if we can't be honest here, where could we? But I'd love to pray. I'd love to pray for you. I'd actually, better said, I'd love you to pray for uh, your fellow leaders. And so I'm just gonna ask you to be courageous. If that's you, you're tired, discouraged, you wanna quit, um, you're angry at God, you're confused, uh, would, you, would you stand up so that we could pray for you? It would, be, it would be our joy. Just right where you are. You don't have to walk the aisle. Just stand up. If you're there uh, close, I'd ask that you'd stand up and put your arms um, your hand on their shoulder and everyone there around uh, them. Maybe, and if you weren't courageous enough and you're like, dude, that's me, just lean over to the person next to you and go, I want to quit. <laughs> Will you pray for me 
If I stand up, my senior pastor is going to know and he's going to fire me anyway. Uh, just reading the mail, okay? Um, I don't, I don't want to distract from this moment. But would you pray, friends? Uh, actually, do this. Do this. And then I'll pray. Uh, someone turn to that person that's there and ask them how you can pray for them. And then just pray. Just pray for a few moments for that, uh, that dear brother, that dear sister. Um, well, friends, let me, um, let me transition us out and just pray uh, for our friends. Father, surely as a good father, you're pleased when your kids are just being honest. Uh, I just can't, I can't imagine for the life of me you shaming them. Everything we know about you is you'd run towards them. And so they've just told you courageously, man, they're thinking about throwing it in, or they're just tired, or they're discouraged, and I pray you'd meet them right where they are. And uh, you'd remind them, God, you've called them. You, you have called them. You're with them. You love them. You've gifted them. And as hard as it is, they're, they're going to hear well done. They're just not going to hear it maybe on this side, and they're not home yet. Would you sustain our brothers for a lifetime? And if that's too much to, to ask, we pray that you'd do it till we're uh, together again next year. Would you give them the grace to keep going? For all my friends, whether they stood up or not, would you help us not to go dark, help us not to quit singing? We ask you, in Christ's name, amen. Well, you can be seated. So, um, if you want to quit, I think you tell others. Uh, our responsibility is to, to lead ourselves, but then all of you have... Um, organizations, you have teams, you have friends that you are responsible. What is your responsibility for others to make sure that they don't get themselves in a position where they want to quit? Or what, how do you uh, help them through those situations? And one of the things we lean a lot on around here is encouragement, which is, which is very different than godly, kind of godless flattery, right? Where you tell someone, hey, you're an amazing preacher when <laughs> you, know, you know they're not, you know? Uh, you should sing when they can't sing, okay? That's flattery. But I, I see God at work in you. That's how, we, that's how we hone in on our gifts is people say, I, I see this in you. I don't know that you know this. You have an inordinate impact. This seems easy. You are, you're really good at this. I want to encourage you. And one of the ways we do that around here at Watermark, we told you about that um, uh, last year, uh, was we give out socks, you're not encouraged by socks? Yeah. Our staff goes crazy over them. And here's our MO. When we're on retreats or we're in a meeting, um, you'll see some text messages kind of off to the side and like, this person is crushing it. They're killing it. They're an amazing servant. I saw a guy at work in and through them. Um, let's give them socks. And so we come to a meeting and we call that person up front, and we tell them what we see in them, and we look them in the eye, and we say, you knocked our socks off. <laughs> and we give them these socks. So um, come up with your own thing. <laughs> you know, that might be weird uh, in your place. I get it. Um, but you walk around. If you walk around the offices of Watermark, you'll see these little Watermark socks. People don't wear them. Uh, they're too valuable for that. They mean, <laughs> and they probably wouldn't hold up either. So, um, 
but you'll see, I, I won those socks. I won those socks. And it is a way for us as a staff to say, I, I see you. And I would encourage you, um, in your own unique context, to find ways to encourage your staff, your key volunteers, because um, they will get discouraged. They will want to quit. They'll, they'll wonder if what they're doing matters. And, um, and uh, you give them whatever it is that uh, is analogous to socks. So um, I've got some limited edition socks here. And uh, these aren't church specific. They're generic, CLC only. You knock our socks off. And uh, we did a limited run. I want to give away a couple uh, right now. Some people that you will never meet, <clears throat> but we think are pretty fantastic. A few years ago, I was in El Salvador. And um, El Salvador, if you know, is pretty, it's a country with a lot of problems. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be easy just to go do ministry. I'm sure you could get a passport and go somewhere else and, and do ministry. Um, but, uh, but I went to a brother's church who was, uh, he, he was in the fight. Uh, in a little area of San Salvador that was rough. And whatever you think I mean by rough, you should 10X that. Gangs run the place, not the government. And yet, man, this brother was so faithful. There was joy, his people had joy. And I sat next to former uh, gang members who he had led to Christ and it was discipling, and they, many of them were pastors themselves. And I was like, where, where am I? I would never live in a place like this, ever. And this brother was in the fight there. And so, uh, Pastor Edwin, uh, if you are here, I'd love to give you a pair of socks, brother. This is Edwin Guzman. I, because uh, I just, it was, it was a faux pas. I didn't set it up well. But uh, the way we do it is we don't, we, we clap and cheer after we give them the socks. So you guys jump the gun. That's okay, okay? So what we do is we tell them what we see in them, we give them socks, and then we go crazy, okay? So uh, this is uh, Oscar, and he is our um, director of Watermark in Espanol. Is that right? Oscar Casillo. I, I can never, I, I get really insecure around um, uh, foreign languages in general, okay? Um, so uh, this is gonna, that's right. This is, I don't, I, don't know, I, have, I have no idea how you translate this, okay? Um, but give it a, give it a run. Um, uh, Pastor Edwin. Pastor Edwin. Uh, <laughs> I think. That was okay. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I'm going to give you these socks. Te voy a dar estos calcetines. Uh, and what it means is that um, eso que significa, we have seen your work. Es que hemos visto tu obra. God has seen your work. Dios ha visto tu obra. And your, uh, your faithfulness is an encouragement to me. Y tu fidelidad nos ha animado a todos, especialmente a él. You won't get book deals. Quizás no vas a escribir libros. You'll never probably stand in stadiums to preach. Quizás no estés en medio de estadio, en frente de estadios predicando. But you will hear, well done, my good and faithful Pero servant. Pero sí vas a oír, bien hecho, siervo fiel. 
God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys weren't supposed to cheer yet. You're supposed to wait. All right, I got another pair here. <clears throat> I'm grateful for you, brother. I want to. Uh, I want to be more like you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this next next one is uh, a lay couple, uh, Jeff and and Gwen Schneck, um, from um, they're from Stephenville, Texas. First Baptist Stephenville. Okay, anybody from? No one's from that church, are they? Are they here? Oh, you're here. Okay, awesome. Um, so Jeff and, and Gwen have uh, led 17 re-engage groups. So that, that means something to some of you. It means nothing to, uh, to some of you. But if you know, you know, uh, they have faithfully pastored and shepherded uh, 17 groups of five couples, generally over 16 weeks and have a ministry that often goes well beyond that. And they were on, uh, they were on campus uh, this week, and, and so I just said, hey guys, I, uh, I wanted to, you know, I, I, our, our, my team knows him, I didn't, I didn't know them, and I said, oh, I've heard about you. Um, hey, can, uh, we'll love, make sure you're, I said, make sure you're in the uh, four o'clock session. And they said, well, uh, John, we love, I mean, it's been great, but we, we need to get home, because um, we are finishing up a re-engage group. And, um, and this, you know, all are different, but we, we need to be there. Thank you, thank you so much. And I said, well, I've actually, I'm trying to do a thing um, where we honor different lay people, you know, and, uh, and I'd love for you to be there. And they're like, oh man, thank you so much. That, that really, like literally, any other day, could we do it another day? And it's like, no. <laughs> Must be present to win your socks. And, um, and, uh, and they're like, well, we just, I, we're sorry, we can't. I said, okay, and I was trying to keep it a secret. I said, well, okay, listen, here's the deal. I wanna, I wanna stand you right here in the middle of this conference, and, and I want 2,700 people to cheer for you. Um, you could be like, and it, they would be like one hour late. I said, you could be an hour late, can't you? Uh, and, just, and, they, and they looked me in the eye, I said, listen, John, where we need to be during this moment is with our group. I'm so, so grateful um, but we can't. So um, that's exactly the kind of couple we need to, uh, to encourage. And we're gonna make them a video, okay? Um, so I'm gonna talk to them for a second and then you guys are gonna stand up and you're gonna scream your full heads off, okay? Uh, because these guys are in the fight. They don't get paid and they don't want your applause. They want the opportunity for more faithful ministry, okay? So I'm gonna tell them, Guys, don't, do, don't jump up yet until I say, you knock our socks off, then you jump up, okay? All right, you guys are too, you're way too eager. Okay, here we go. Hey, Jeff and Gwen, we are here at CLC where you are not uh, because you are with your re-engage uh, group. And listen, we're honoring people uh, that knock our socks off and I've got a pair of socks for you. That makes no sense, I'll explain it to you later. Uh, but we wanna let you know that we are really grateful. We see you, uh, we're so thankful for your faithfulness and we want you to know uh, Jeff and Gwen, that you knock our socks off. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Hey, um, I'm going to send this to you tonight when you're in your group. And uh, that was pretty cool. Wish you could have been here. Uh, hey, heaven is going to be so much more fun to hear. Well done, good and faithful servants. And you guys are going to hear it. So we love you. We see you. We're grateful for you. You knock our socks off. Thanks. Okay. All right. Okay. Your minds are about to be blown, okay? Um, Central Baptist Church in Tyler, Texas, just celebrated their 90th anniversary this weekend. Really fun. And told stories of God's faithfulness. Um, the, uh, the, the Avon family was one of the families that started the church. And when the mom started the church, uh, as I understand, I think maybe six months uh, in, she got pregnant. Their son, you've done the math, 90 years old. And they honored him. But here's the thing. This guy didn't just go to church. His brother is on staff at a church at 90 years old. He's been doing ministry for 72 years. Would you guys like to meet him? <laughs> Bill Avon, would you come out here, brother, so we can honor you? Actually, you can cheer now if you want. I, I know. I, I just got to give me some right here. I can't wait. Okay. So I, that's a, <laughs> so many stories uh, Pastor Byers told me here. This is, this is uh, you uh, I know it, I know it. <laughs> but you said you were doing uh, email and IT support when you were 80 uh, for, the, for the staff. Is that right? Yeah. I handled our <laughs> website till we got somebody that knew what they were okay. doing. He was doing the website. Uh, well, brother, listen, you are who I want to be uh, when I grow up. Thank you, Seven, 72 years of ministry. I don't have a category for it yet, uh, but I've got an example. And Bill, brother, I want you to know, uh, you knock my socks off and you knock the socks off of this group. We love you guys. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, brother, hang on. Hey, we're not letting you out. We're, oh, you, we're you, not through you, yet. No, you can, <laughs> we, want you to, we want you to pray for us. Okay. Uh, to tell, tell God thank you for this day, um, and then also that uh, many of us um, would finish in the same state that you are. And, um, and friends, um, don't tell me it can't be done, right? We, we've got an uh, example. Create a culture of encouragement. Uh, many of your leaders, many of your staff, uh, many of your most faithful ones that you forget to tell uh, thanks to uh, need your encouragement. Create that. And, uh, so, brother, uh, thank you. Uh, would you pray for us to end our day?
Our Father, we ask that you would bless us now. Thank you for this church who ministers to younger people who have given their life to the cause of Christ. I remember when I was 17, went off to college. Somebody ministered to me, built themselves into my life, and I still remember those men like it was yesterday. So I pray that you would bless this congregation. For those that stood earlier that were discouraged, Lord, ministry is difficult. It's a battle all the way. It never lets up because Satan hates us. His crowd's larger than ours, so that means that we have to be smarter than they are. So we pray that you'd give us that kind of wisdom. Give us that kind of direction. And Father, I ask in a special way that if there's somebody here today that's ready to give up, I've thought about that many times, but then I decided, you know what? Devil's not going to win. So I jumped up, went back to work, still at it. Not planning on quitting unless Joel fires me. <laughs> and I ask now that you would guide indirect. I'm reminded of a song. Listen to the words of it. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Don't give up, gang. Hang in there. Thank you, brother.